Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, world. Shelley Shearer here, and welcome to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Do you know, I'm not even sure what I'm going to podcast on today because I had so many thoughts running through my head. It was interesting. The last couple of weeks, I've really kind of struggled with my fibro. For some reason, I've just been exhausted beyond words. And that really, let's face it, when you're in pain, uh, pain brings exhaustion. And when you are exhausted all the time, like having chronic fatigue syndrome, if some of you have had any experience with that or know someone that has, you start to feel very... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Unmotivated. Sorry, that's the word exactly that I'm working looking for. So mornings become, oh, and we've had daylight savings, which I am not adjusting to at all. So instead of getting up at 7.38, I'm getting it up at 8.39, and that's just not cool. I got things to do. <laughs> I'm just saying. But you know, when there's just, you are just feeling like you're swimming in quicksand and you are so freaking exhausted, it is very easy, so very easy to start lacking in discipline and getting things done. So originally I was thinking, you know what, let's just talk about get her done. We have to have a little discipline. And I'm not talking about times when your body truly needs to heal and relax. I'm just talking about the fact that we can easily get into ruts and allow the circumstances around us. Now mine happens to be an illness. Yours could be something completely different. Um, Maybe you're letting things slide at work or in your business or in your relationship or perhaps you're exhausted from stress or family drama. It honestly really doesn't matter what the cause is necessarily. It's how we react to it. And then I dragged myself off to yoga, which I didn't want to do. For some reason, my husband was up early this morning and... uh, and he wasn't snoring last night, so I was actually sleeping with him. Um, now, I have to segue here because that might have been a little TMI. And I got that comment from a very close friend a week or so ago. I think I podcasted about my trip over to have uh, high tea at the Empress Hotel in Victoria, British Columbia with my girlfriend, Birta. And she's been listening to my podcast. And when we were visiting and talking for the day, she made the comment that some of the episodes were making her feel very uncomfortable. She felt I I disclosed too much, that I was just too transparent. But what I love about this particular girlfriend is she's incredibly aware. And it's interesting because I kept my mouth shut and said nothing. And I just kind of let her just give me some feedback. And I took it all in because the feedback I get from a lot of you as listeners, that's not the feedback I get. I get a lot of, you know, thanks for your transparency and, and things like that. I just, people tend to relate to what I tell them and I I appreciate that. And, and, uh, that's why I'm here. And yes, sometimes it can be even a little uncomfortable for me, but what she realized after she felt that I was being too transparent was how uncomfortable she was. So I think I've spoken on this a number of times about how holding a, you know, sometimes you'll meet someone and you instantly like them or dislike them. A lot of times people that you take a severe dislike to or dislike instantly, they say psychologically that that person probably has a lot of your habits that you don't like about yourself. It's like holding a mirror up to yourself and you don't like what you see. So that person becomes an aggravation in your world. And I just thought it was very interesting that she made this analogy and she got to the conclusion so quickly. She goes, yeah, she says, you know what? I struggle with that. I've never noticed it in her personally. I find her quite transparent, but I also had to step back and realize that I am one of her inner circle So therefore, she is incredibly comfortable with me. Just like my girlfriend who is an introvert, one of my dear friends, 
I don't notice it so much because again, I'm, I'm trusted in her life and I'm in her inner circle. So I don't see necessarily a lot of the symptoms about her, um, her, uh, uh, her shyness and her, uh, her, uh, sorry, ext introvertness being an extrovert myself. Um, I have been very careful around her over the years not to overwhelm her, but she just sort of got used to me. And like I say, I'm in her inner circle. There's a trust and she appreciates I'm an extrovert because I keep the conversation going. She says, <laughs> guess you got to take what you can get. So sometimes you have to remember that people react, may react to you very differently depending on your position in their life. So I would just thought that was rather interesting. A little segue off what I was going to talk about, but yeah, so I dragged myself out this morning and it was, would have been so easy just to curl up for another hour because I still wouldn't have been late, late for yoga. Excuse me. And uh, however, my husband was getting up and he will not make his protein shake for himself. He just simply won't. He will starve and not pack lunch. So I hauled myself out of bed. And even then, he's standing at the door saying, okay, got to go. And I'm like, just don't even think about it, buddy. Uh, you, you can see I'm up. I don't want to be up. <laughs> okay. I want to be in bed for another hour. However, the shake is made. I just have to blend it. You are going to stand there until I do. Uh, and he's like, all right. And I think secretly my husband actually loves that I care about him enough to do that. But he has to he has to throw up a stink. I think it's just a personality thing. I've just come to realize this and I don't take it personally. It's just his way of, actually, I don't know what it's his way of being. But anyways, he drinks the shake, which I'm appreciative of. Uh, otherwise the man would just live on garbage. My husband has the worst eating habits on the planet and he's incredibly unhealthy if, if he's left to his own devices. So I don't leave him to his own devices, but I drag myself up and it's like, well, now I'm up. Okay. So now he's, he's not like crawling back into bed now. And my discipline kicked in at that point. Yes, I've been very exhausted. And yesterday we had a funeral and it wasn't someone close in my life, but it was my sister-in-law's father. So it wasn't necessarily the fact that Larry had passed and I would miss him other than, although I see him a couple of times a year at family functions. Uh, it was really more of the fact that you hurt for the people that are left behind and his wife, Gloria, she's such a sweet lady. And my sister-in-law, they miss their dad and their husband and their pain. And my nieces, it was their grandfather. That's who you are crying for at a funeral. And that is who you feel bad for. And also a lot of our family, we haven't seen each other. It's been a bit of a crazy year on my husband's side. Um, with this situation with my father over the holidays, I had a, some issues. My father's declining from dementia, had a small stroke over the holidays. Larry, apparently, uh, this gentleman that passed away had been in palliative care the last six months. And we didn't even realize that. Christmas was so crazy. And we saw them so, so quickly that all this just never came up. And so everyone's been lost in their own sort of uh, issues and their own family stuff. And despite the fact that this family, my husband's family and us are very, very close and have been since the day I met my husband, they're just, a, I couldn't have married a nicer family. You sometimes forget, you get busy with stuff and we have not been making the time. Since my other sister-in-law moved off her acreage, she tended her house because my mother-in-law owned it with her and lived there, they tended to be the house that we all congressed to. Like we, that was the gathering place. It was acreage. So there was places for dogs and kids to run around. It was a beautiful big home in farm country out in Ladner. And again, my mother-in-law lived there and you know, you have to take time to see her. She was elderly. So now that she has passed away and my sister-in-law has moved, we now have the property, but it's certainly not like it, like my sister-in-law's place was. And everyone gathers here, but it's only on July 1st. We have this tradition for family day. So we've tended to lose touch a little bit. So I think I spoke on this about a week ago about making the time and the effort. 
And we have not been. We are guilty of not making that time and effort. And these things have slipped past us, which was very unfortunate. So it was interesting that I got myself up when I didn't want to, made the shake, sent him out the door with a chicken salad sandwich, and took my butt off to yoga. Well, yoga, I was tired. I'm sorry. I just, you know, I just really didn't want to be there, but my body has to be there. Because when you're exhausted, this is why they move you so quickly when you're in the hospital now, get you out of bed. You atrophy so quickly. And people don't realize it. So when you are immobile and resting, and my lower back's been out, so really anytime I'm not at my computer working, which is really hard on my body, uh, I am flat out, either laying in bed reading or watching TV or whatever. But I'm resting. And you know what? You just can't do that for lengths of time. Otherwise, like I say, your muscle, muscles atrophy, you lose your core strength. So I have to be there. So I was there. I was glad I was there. We got through it. And during Shavasana, and for those of you that don't take uh, do yoga, that is the relaxation at the very end of your practice, my yoga instructor uh, read a piece about not living in regret. And I thought, seriously, it's always, I always find it fascinating, no matter how often it happens and how long it's been happening in my life, when the universe just steps out, smacks me up the head and talks to me personally. I, and I, I hope when you, the universe is doing that, that you are listening. And we're going to talk about that, actually, because my topic has completely changed once I read my meditation book this morning when I got home. So she spoke about not living in regret, to cherish the people in your lives that make you feel good, and to let go of the people that don't, and not to feel guilty about it. And to just be grateful, and to live in gratitude, and to listen. And I thought, oh, yeah, I guess I needed to hear that. Because it was really going to kind of jump on the bandwagon about, of about having discipline and just get her done. Like there's just days, despite the fact of how I felt the last couple of weeks, you just need to get her done. There's things that have to be done if you want what you want in your life. Now, that's another segue before I get into the meditation. My husband and I live in a uh, older home that's been renovated. And it was renovated by a family that built three separate suites in it because they had two grown uh, sons that were married. And they all lived here together. So they did this huge expensive renovation uh, about nine years ago, I guess. We've only owned this house for two years. They did it about two years after we built our house down at the end of the street that we now live on in the cul-de-sac. And so we watched them do this and do the front gardens. And it's, it's just beautiful. My front garden actually just looks like a park. It's, it's quite phenomenal. And uh, however... I was used to living in big space and I have a large husband. And so being in a basement suite, because that's where we actually live. So what happened was two of the suites in the basement, we've joined together. <clears throat> and so there was a little suite. There was a larger suite where the original owners lived. And then upstairs, one of the other boys lived up there with his wife. That hasn't been fully updated. Like, I mean, it was re it was done through the renovation. But I have a sneaking suspicion that everyone has sort of got to spend their own money on their finishing. Because the suite I lived in, I live in now has a wall oven and granite countertops and it's just a little nicer and the other suite on the other side is okay and upstairs gotta say when we ever move up there it's a gut job like I'm taking that whole the bathrooms everything needs to be ripped out up there it's got cheap laminate it's got a crappy tiny little bathroom huge kitchen but very inexpensive uh, cabinetry bad appliances cheap uh, ugly flooring just kind of weird but it's a beautiful space it's a huge open floor plan with these huge windows that look out over this beautiful front garden well when we purchased the home renters were already up there paying the mortgage so we moved into the basement suite and she got into a little trouble where one of her basement suites got decommissioned by the district 
or the city, that's our government, you know, that looks after housing and that sort of thing in, in our country, in Canada. And most of my listeners are from Canada, but, you know, the rest of my listeners, my major listeners are from UK and, and Germany after that. So um, it, it, I, I've been to those countries. I know some of your laws work the same way. And we have governing bodies. That's just sort of how it works. So the other basement suite... It was quite small, and that living room is my formal dining room. My granddaughter has her bedroom over there. The second kitchen where they made them pull the stove out. It's my bar. It's my entertaining kitchen. It walks right out onto a back patio. So when we're entertaining, people aren't in my cooking kitchen on my side of the house. They're in that bar area, and it's, you know, my freezer's there, my other fridge is there, dishwasher's there. The only thing that's missing is a stove. So sinks and, you know, it's everything. And that is where I have ended up this last little bit, putting my husband's office. There's instead of just sitting chairs that just seem to collect clothing all the time boots I moved his desk in there so it's kind of all just kind of guy space over there (laughs) not gonna lie and so that little suite has given us what we needed to move from a 3,500 square foot home down to 1,700 without feeling like we had to give everything we own away despite the downsizing you know we still have ample space upstairs is a much smaller space but it's never been renovated the the rent was there and you just don't you just don't kick a gift horse in the mouth however I've been noticing character traits, and this is something about listening. Actually, let's go to the the uh, meditation, then we'll go back to this conversation about considering moving, because it actually plays into me listening to my heart and understanding how things affect you around you. So, uh, for my regular listeners, Melody Beattie, Journey to the Heart is the book that I that my girlfriend gave me, and that I, I quote a fair bit. I haven't even read it in the last two weeks, so I'm missing the whole front of April. However, I don't tend to go looking for what I want. I go to the date that it is, and I let the universe speak to me. And sure enough, today was listen to the voice of your heart. Now, the reason I'm positive that Melody talks about this is some of the same reasons I podcast about not living in regret and where I talk about our subconscious mind. Because you need to, we all do as, as human beings, if you want to grow. And I am quite clear that my audience is about that. Most of my listeners are not people that are on a treadmill, or if you are, you're looking for a way off it, that have no awareness. I have noticed the feedback from my listeners. I've noticed the type of people. Oh, by the way, those of you that are registering on my website, thank you so much. And I appreciate you so much. If you can just be patient within, by the end of the summer, that website will be completely redesigned. And the, uh, those of you that are registered will have a members only section. And that is where I actually will be offering all of you the free ebook on, um, on the one, three, five rule. Okay. I'm going to turn that. I know I've spoken about it numerous times. I bring it up in my podcast, but taking steps back and looking at consequences, uh, one, three, and five, Uh, levels away from your for your decision it's a wonderful way to look at life and to avoid some big pitfalls and I'm going to turn that in I believe into an ebook and uh, we'll see where that goes from that so that will be given to all of you that are registered on my website in the next few months but I just appreciate you so much because you really have a lot of faith because that website is ridiculous it's just a holding site and every week that I get two or three new people that are registered on it I get a little email from Bluehost that says you're there I am just so grateful. So I have not really made a, a point of saying thank you. And I would just truly like you to know my gratitude is, is heartfelt. Okay. So listening to your intuition is about also your subconscious. Cause the universe I truly believe is, t- is tied into our subconscious. Our brain 
<laughs> and I am, this is why I am doing, uh, so well the last few weeks with my emotions and here's a little bit another segue I spoke on this the other day I've started to float in a float tank and I went a couple of times now I'm just on a kind of Monday rotation once a week that's what my budget can afford my timeline can afford and I do it with a girlfriend so it's it's really wonderful just to you know get out and socialize because I can very easily become a hermit despite being an extrovert my illness has made it so that I tend to uh, hibernate which is a big reason we're going to talk about eventually moving upstairs into our home. It all kind of ties together. Yes, I know I do a lot of segues, but I, I try and have a plan here when I'm podcasting. So it was interesting that, that today's message was about cultivating your inner voice because I have a mind chatter head. It is brutal. And I am very uh, right, brain uh, right brain dominant, I believe. Left brain is left brain is creative. Right brain is, is um, common sense. Uh, um, the other, the non-creative. Uh, I am very black and white. That's where my counting ability and stuff comes from. If I got that wrong, I apologize. But anyways, left and right brain. And we were doing this, it's funny because we were doing this exercise in, in yoga today about breathing through the right nostril, out through the left, up through the left, out through the right. Technically, the air is still flowing, but it is, it is a, uh, it is a, almost a spiritual type uh exercise where you are consciously visualizing that's the word I'm looking for you're visualizing the airflow and actually what that's doing is balancing the right and left brain well I spoke about this revolution revolution or company that I, I came across the beta alpha wave type meditation they're 12 minute segments you listen to them every day not before bed some people might be okay with that but it did disrupt my sleep where in the daytime it's been a fabulous tool for balancing my emotions when I am extremely exhausted like I am right now I find that I can get into slumps so very easily and I'm always battling my emotions. I no longer take antidepressants. I had a clearing done of the sadness that I took the antidepressants for, but I am still the person I am despite being a control freak and an achiever and very logical. And that would be the word I was looking for in the left and right brain. You're either creative or logical. I tend to be logically driven, although I have a slight creative side, but creativity is what I appreciate when I see it in the world around me and other people, because I'm lacking it in myself. I, people sometimes find things I do, like when I built my house or how I decorate or how I do things, they're like, wow, I didn't think of that. But those ideas generally do not stem from a, a creative mind. They stem from the fact that I have a very logical mind and however I've designed something or done it, uh, is makes sense least amount of steps but things still have to be aesthetically pleasing for me and I'm really big on the um the funeral yesterday it was kind of in, it was in a catholic church and I just always find the uh man I'm really struggling with this is what happens when I'm exhausted I struggle with my wordage and I apologize maybe I shouldn't have podcasted but I haven't podcasted all week and again had to get back to that discipline sometimes I may not want to do something but I have an obligation I've created the show I have listeners around the world and I feel as my obligation to to continue and so sitting you know hibernating that's not really living up to my potential and it's certainly not living up to the obligations that I've put out into the universe anyways I appreciate the what is the word I'm looking for um when they do things a certain way all the time um <laughs> it's so ridiculous uh doesn't matter you know what I could uh, it'll come to me I'll be talking and that word will come back to me but I really love that the ceremony thank you because when I for instance at Christmas have rum and eggnog it's always I got the crystal decanter I've got the beautiful glasses it comes out on a tray you know eggnog um, 
nut nutmeg from real nuts that are a little greater. I love tradition and I love all of that, uh, that uh, pomp and circumstance a little bit. I just find it fascinating. And I always, but then there's my logical side that's looking for the reason. What brought on that tradition? Why do they do it that way? Anyways, that was yesterday. And that I am sort of motivated that way. So my home has those things in it. They have, you know, beautiful things. I like crystal wine glasses and platters for entertaining. And there are things that I enjoy, but I still, everything's driven by that logical side of me that says, you know, make it easy, make it, make it attractive but I'm definitely not living in the creative side of the world. So I find all that fascinating. People that's minds that work that way, I just love them. I love artwork, I love music. And the reason I love all those things is because it appeals to that side of my being that's lacking. So that's something that you really want, might wanna consider and look at in your own life. Knowing what, what you are attracted to and, and what you don't like says a whole lot about what might be going on in your subconscious. Anyways, we're back through, that's probably a whole podcast onto its own. So I love how uh, she says this, the head has its own agenda for our lives. <laughs> and I thought, oh yes, that is so true. And I was very much that way in my teens and in my 20s. My head completely ran my world. Now, that being said, and why I kind of got on the segue about other things was, that does not discount the fact that I'm an incredibly emotional, overly emotional person. Okay, that doesn't mean I am necessarily creatively driven. I am still an achiever. I am still a control freak. I am still logically driven, but I've always had slightly overactive um, emotions. So that bit of intuitiveness or whatever you want to call it about myself trips me up a lot of the time and can be mistaken for someone that doesn't have their crap together. Sometimes I haven't had my crap together. Lots of times I haven't had my crap together and my emotions get in the way. So the revolutioner, when I'm listening to that, um, the brainwave stuff, it's just lovely pieces of music, but it's embedded with tonals that balance the left and right brain. And I have noticed that when my left and right brain are better aligned, my emotions are much better controlled. So despite this past few weeks where I've been feeling very exhausted, a lot of it probably has to do with the weather. Where I'm living right now is just gray and raining day after day after day. There's no sunshine, I'm not getting vitamin D. Right now I could just seriously, if it was not tax season in my other business, I'd be on a plane to Vegas sitting by a pool drinking margaritas right now just to get some sunshine. That still might come in April. We'll, we'll have to see how the budget works. <laughs> but those are the things that you need to be aware of. I know that I live in a place, and I can see now why people get older, that live in the lower mainland of, of British Columbia, and retire elsewhere or become snowbirds. You know, we live in one of the most beautiful places on the planet as far as I'm concerned, and we are highly getting overpopulated. It's a place where people keep emigrating to, or emigrating to, emigrating in. Uh, but... It can be a very depressing place to live. Now, granted, we are not shoveling snow right now in the middle of March, although we did have our last snowstorm two weeks ago, which was highly unusual. But, you know, Toronto, Calgary, other provinces in this country and other places, United States, they are still shoveling snow. So, granted, we don't. However, there's a lot to be said for gray skies and you don't see sunshine for days and days, sometimes weeks on end. It can really play with your emotions, with your moods, and someone with fibromyalgia, when the weather keeps changing this like this with the bar barometer, that really affects people with arthritis, autoimmune disorders. There's a whole little blah, blah, blah going on. So that being said, those are a lot of external things. The same thing happens inside of our bodies with our mind and our spirit. 
So your head has this agenda and it's chatting away boldly, but its vision is very limited, Melody says. So I'm, I'm paraphrasing some of her stuff here, okay? It leaves no room for the mysterious workings of the universe, nor does it take into account the side trips we need to get to where we're going, where our souls need to go. It's the voice that says, this is the way it's going to be, okay? So there I am, this person, and I really want you to hear what I'm saying and apply it to yourself and say to this to yourself, how, how am I in, the, in these situations? So my mind is saying this is the way it's going to be. And I am definitely have been very black and white in my life when I was younger. That is not the case so much now. And there is nobody in my inner circle that would not say that about me. People that have met me in the last decade, they do not quite understand what I used to be like. They see the person that I am more like now, not the person I was in my 20s and 30s. Very, very black and white because I was raised in a very religious household that was very, very black and white. You know, this was a sin, that was, and this was acceptable. No rhyme or reason for a lot of this freaking nonsense. Taking, completely taking scriptural um, teachings out of context half the time, I swear. And just being so rigid that you forget what the point of it all is. That's how I feel about it now. That is my opinion on a lot of that stuff. But these were my goalposts. This is how I was being raised. So therefore, becoming aware took a, was a process and it took time for me and being naturally inclined to be logical and black and white and being crippled up sometimes with a highly emotional sidebar it caused a lot of confusion a lot of mistakes in my life if I could have learned uh, muscle testing and a lot of subconscious work in my mid-20s my life would have been so different it just would have been so different but at the same token maybe I have to look at all those side trips I took and realize that they got me to where I am today and the person I am today. And let me tell you, that person wouldn't be doing a podcast or coaching or doing any of the things that I do today. Okay? So think about that in your own life, about, your, about where your heart is talking and where your head is constantly nattering and shouting over everything. And unfortunately, the inner voice, it needs peace and quiet. And our world is so chaotic and so busy, that's where we struggle. So this is why things for my personality, this may not be for you, but for me, I gave up a little bit on some of my physical therapy, uh, massage, some of the things that I've been kind of keeping my fibro, lymphatic drain massage, that sort of thing, because I was struggling with the um, sensory input overload still with those types of treatments. It can happen, unfortunately. When you know your therapist very well, you tend to natter the entire time you're there. Well, all of that can be very emotionally and spiritually draining as well. It's lovely to catch up with someone, but when you're there to have body work done, sometimes that can be a, a dual-edged sword. And I was getting very overwhelmed. So for me right now, the floating, and I do it with music, again, kind of alpha wave type stuff, I find that my brain slows down and settles and my spirit speaks to me. It allows the universe to speak to me, just like doing the 12 minutes of meditation music balances my brain and lets my emotions keep a little more under control. When you are more level, you don't have those spikes of screaming, whatever that may be for you. And I use the word screaming. I, I don't mean literally. I mean, when you have overwhelming emotions or thoughts that just come at you and you think this makes no sense, but I just, I can't function. I just need to do this. You know, sometimes that's not the case. And unfortunately, when the brain is just wanting to be in control all the time, it's not listening to the soul and the universe around you because it's not taking any downtime. It's not resting. Now, I was a person that grew up with prayer. 
So I've never really had a problem necessarily with the, with the concept of meditation because to me it's just another form of prayer. But I do struggle with meditation because my mind never shuts up. And I've joked about this before in this podcast about how there's two places that my mind shuts the freak up and that is golf and yoga. And which is so weird because people, when I took up golf in my 30s, it was like, are you kidding me? I was playing squash, I rollerbladed, I dirt biked. I did very active things. You know, I was just energy forever, which is probably the reason I'm ill today. My body just said enough. That's just freaking enough. You have got to slow down. I need you to get in touch with your spiritual side. I need you to get in touch with all these other things that you have neglected while you, your brain and your control have been powering through life. And that's really what I did. I powered through life. In fact, I, my sister said something very interesting to me. And I'm not taking it to heart because I, I just didn't, but it made me stop and think. Um, I still believe what I did was the right thing, but at the same token, I was definitely powering through. When I purchased the lot where I designed and built the home that we had to sell two years ago and, and worked through that with my, built it with my husband, but I designed it all. This really had very little to do with him. This was my dream, my project. I mean, it really was my will coming to, to, to fruition in real life. I got a lot of flack. It took me a year to get through the city. It was a very challenging lot. It was, had a small flat area, huge ravine. Limitations were forever. But I just knew that I could get around it. And I did. I built a, be- I built a beautiful home and made the most of the little teeny yard I had. And I would have done more if we had stayed. But my sister said to me one day, she said, you would have thought all the no's would have been a sign. And to me, it was just like, no. Those were just distractions that got me away from what I truly wanted. I wanted that house built. Who was right? I really don't know. I still feel I was right. And I'm not saying there's not a place to where you need to stop and say, because here I am now speaking about being calmer and saying, what really is the universe wanting? I guess my advice to that would be, you know, test it out to ensure that you're not powering through everything. I have no regrets about the house, none at all. But there are lots of other areas in my life that I realize I powered through. And really, I don't think I was listening to the inner voice inside me. So on a closing note, and I hope I've come back around to this because I know I get on my seg- uh, little segues and I jump off into other tracks. But I hope I've finished all the thoughts that I started. If I haven't, drop me an email and I'll pick it up to on my next podcast. I am so sorry. Shelly, um, livingwellwithshell at gmail.com or of course the Facebook pages of livingwell8 or... Um, What's the other one? Living Well with Shell, actually. One is Living Well and what is Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast. There's two Facebook pages there. The, uh, the heart, the inner voice speaks differently. Sometimes it whispers, sometimes it pulls, sometimes it pushes, but it's spontaneous in the present moment and it's often a surprise. And what sometimes has to happen in our lives is we have to embrace the surprising. And we don't always do that when we're younger. The heart takes into account what has to be done and the best way to do that. The heart takes emotions into account. See, whereas I tended to find that my emotional side was always a hindrance, so I locked it. I was always trying to contain it and powering my way through everything. So when it broke free, it usually caused huge damage in my life. Said things I shouldn't say, broke down, started crying, had emotional, broke up with people, was in relationships I shouldn't have been in. So do you see what happens when you try and cage something? Don't. Integrate it into who you are as a person. The heart leads us into and through the lessons we're here to learn. So my advice today is to cultivate that inner voice. Take the time to be peaceful. Understand whether you're a left or right brain dominant type person. Understand who you are, period. There is a great program out there called the Enneagram. 
Uh, there's lots of programs out there that talk about your type of personality traits. If so lots of people, if you're in a job, you may have gone into any sort of management like I did, you probably maybe have done some of these courses or tests through your work. They've become a little more prevalent in the last years. If you are a business owner, I highly suggest that you bring some of these things into your workplace. Understanding the people that work for you and with you and understanding yourself is a gift, an absolute gift. So please consider that. So in closing, be patient and be gentle. Let yourself learn to hear the gentle and trustworthy words of your heart. Have a great day, everyone. It is set. It's Friday in my world. Um, have a great weekend and I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you like best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.